Welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. I'm delighted to say joining me on this week's episode is Samantha Shipman. Samantha, how's it going? Great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Of course, you uh, you write for the Fight Game website. You're going to be doing a bit more of that in, right. the, in the near future. But you, but, um, you write primarily... Uh, for the uh, Daily DDT website, don't you? Yes, that's correct. And also, you are the co-presenter of a podcast with, uh, well, a YouTube show on the uh, Fight Game YouTube channel uh, with uh, previous guest uh, Mel Gray. Just tell us about uh, the show you do every week. Yeah, so um, Mel and I started uh, Power Bombshells um, six episodes ago, so we're fairly new. Um, it was funny because we had actually never met until uh, Carrot put us together, but it's worked out <laughs> pretty well so far. And so with this show, we talk about basically just the wrestling we're, we're already watching and the things that we like. And uh, she and I had both decided to start watching New Japan Strong again because we both kind of got out of the habit of watching it. And so we started watching probably four episodes ago and i'm really glad that we did because there have been some really good stuff there and so we've um we just did our very first live stream on sunday um and we covered a lot of the shows that were happening during mania week that were not wrestlemania shows um i ended up watching a bulk of the shows uh, luckily a friend of mine uh he bought the collective and uh, that um, uh, he he allowed me to use his login, so that gave me the ability to watch a ton of shows that I don't know that I necessarily would have gotten a chance to watch. So that was really cool to watch um, a lot of independent wrestling. There's a lot of good stuff going on uh, WrestleMania weekend that wasn't WrestleMania, and so it was cool to kind of see some of the indie stuff. And then we watched Supercard of Honor. Um, I watched a good chunk of the Impact stuff. So there was a ton of stuff that we got to see. So it was a lot of fun to watch them and to, to talk about them. But that was the first one you, you've done live. So you, you you record them and then they go up on, on the YouTube channel. When do they normally, right. uh, when do they um, normally drop on? on they normally, on um, they usually come out on Sundays. We record on Sundays. Uh, they generally go out Sunday evenings. Um, there's been a few times that they haven't gone out till Monday morning, but we try to get them out um, on Sunday night. Cool. Okay. Well, this podcast is uh, all about finding out how you became a fan in the first place and, and how your fandom sort of evolved over the years. So when roughly did you sort of first discover wrestling and, and what's your sort of earliest memories of, of wrestling? Um, I first started watching wrestling sometime as a kid because my dad would watch it, but I wasn't like, I don't have a lot of memories of watching as a kid other than I really liked Big Boss Man for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but I was really into him and my cousin. She watched too, and she was she remembers uh, how we would. She was like, "Do you not remember we'd be in the grocery store and you and I would be like mimicking Macho? I mean, a uh, big boss man when we were walking down the grocery store aisle." So she's about a year and a half older than me, and so <laughs> that was my first. Uh, that was my first exposure to wrestling. And then um, I didn't get really get into wrestling until um, probably I was, I think I was about 13 or 14 years old. Um, I want to say it was the summer of 1996, but my sister says she thinks it was 97. And then it's, we, we remember certain things very vividly. And then there's other things we don't remember. So it was like the mid to late nineties. Then we were like really into uh 
to WCW. We uh, did not watch WWE. We were very much <laughs> we were very much NWO fans. So the big boss man. So you're talking about the you know the the the, the real police officer gimmick that he was doing yeah. back in the yes. back in the early nineties. Not the sort of more. I don't know what he was sort of later on, sort of Vince's security, wasn't he, really, later on? Right, um, right. Right, Yeah, okay. it was the, yeah, it was definitely the police version is what I seem to remember. So um, you were a big WCW fan, so who were sort of your, your favourites uh, back when you were sort of 13, 14, when you, when you first got really got into it? Um, definitely Kevin Nash was one of my favorites. Like I, I liked Scott Hall. I was into the outsiders, but, uh, was Kevin Nash was definitely, uh, one of the ones that I remember the most and I was really big fan of. Um, I, I loved Goldberg. I thought for a really long time that the streak was real. (laughs) I thought that he was padding his numbers at house shows and things like that. So I didn't realize until later that that's not what was happening. (laughs) But to me, I, I bought it. Well, it was, I think it was in the first, it was to start with, and then they decided to start inflating the number. Uh, I, right. think, I, I think that's what happened. But yeah, yeah initially, I think, so initially yeah. I think it was a shoot, but yeah, they they definitely, <laughs> uh, it definitely jumped up one week. I mean, you're like, yeah. well, hang on a second. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so, so you're a big NWO. So uh, this would yeah. have been what, the, the original NWO or, or more sort of the Wolfpack? Yeah, right. it, more sort of more of the Wolfpack. That's when I really remember watching, and I loved Wolfpack. I had I used to have um, I think I had a Wolfpack shirt. I know for sure I had a Kevin Nash shirt, and it was when he was in Wolfpack. Um, and so I wasn't like I did. <clears throat> I did like black and white um, when that came along, but um, Wolfpack was always. I mean, even now when people ask, you know, Wolfpack is is the one that I preferred out of those factions, and then black and white kind of got out of control when they added like forty eight members. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the first live show that you attended? I think it was. I was. Probably it was a little bit later. I was I, I never actually went to a WCW pay per view. It was our I'm sorry uh, show. It was um, WWE was when I first went to a wrestling show, and I was probably um, I want to say 18 or 19 years old, uh, and I believe it was a Raw. I went to around that time. I was I went to both Raw and SmackDown when they would come to town. Um, I used to go with my sister and a friend that I used to work with. Um, we would go together, and so it was a lot. It was really it was a lot when the Hardy Boys were really um, getting popular, and they're from here. So of course, you know they got a lot of um, attention from you know from Charlotte since they're from a town about uh, two or three hours away from here. Um, and so it was during that time, and like um, Edge and Christian and uh, the Dudleys and um, Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam. I remember seeing before, and I saw what, what, oh yeah, one so- oh two some somewhere around then. I'm sorry. Would that have been like 0102? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have to be 01 and 02 because yeah, because I graduated from high school in 01, so yeah, that that would yeah, be the correct time frame. Yeah, because RVD came in. I think it was during the invasion, and that was like yeah, the summer of uh, 01. So yeah, yes. it would have been like 01 or 02 somewhere around then. Right. Um, at any point from sort of starting to watch it in the mid to late 90s uh, through to now, was there any sort of time where you sort of drifted away from it and? sort of lost interest for any period of time? Surprisingly not. I was, even when I wasn't like 
like super into it. There was, I don't think I, there was probably a period where, even though I don't remember a lot, you know, I can't, there's probably certain that everything blends together, but you know, there was a time where I was not missing. I didn't miss raw at all. And we didn't start watching. We didn't start watching WWE until, uh, right around the time that Owen Hart passed away and they did the raw tribute show i think so i do remember watching that so we we started watching around that time period and so there was probably a period where i i rarely missed uh anything that wwe was doing other than pay-per-views because i wasn't i couldn't afford those so (laughs) i wasn't watching those that i was watching weekly yeah, so that would have been sort of. I mean, Owen Owen died in May of of ninety nine. So you you kind of you kind of well, I suppose in ninety nine they were still really really red hot. But I, th- I think ninety eight was probably the year that the yeah, WF was probably so the hottest, I, and you weren't really following it at all. And it was it was all WCW. No, I really wasn't. I was still I was still very WCW. <laughs> then even though WCW was getting awful, I was still um, I was still there supporting them for whatever reason. I guess I don't know if it just brand loyalty i guess <laughs> i mean did you even stay during like the russo era and all that in 2000 yeah i did yeah. watch yeah i was watching some of the russo era and i remember yeah because i definitely just remember when i was you know when shane mcmahon popped up on tv <laughs> and i was like what is happening <laughs> I was like, my sister and i our minds were blown we were like what is going on and we we're like no they can't have sold out <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I think at the time um, we, I obviously living here in the UK, we I, I, they had a different channel altogether that started showing mm-hmm. Nitro, and um, I wasn't really following the dirt sheets or anything like that at the time. Mm-hmm. And we we got Nitro like on a Friday. It would air obviously on the Monday. We didn't get it till Friday. And uh-huh. I remember putting the video. That's really showing my age there, but putting the video in the machine to to watch Nitro. And Vince turns up on the screen. I'm like, they, they've somehow got the wrong tape. They've somehow got WBF's show. Right. Uh, I was completely confused as to what was going on uh, when Vince yeah. just turned up on the screen. But yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was a whole different time because obviously the internet, mm-hmm. the internet was a thing, and obviously you know. But nowadays, it, it, you would never keep something like that no. a secret, would you? No, it, it would no just definitely be not. Yeah, and I didn't see, and I didn't follow dirt sheets then either. So like, I had no clue like that any of this was like even remotely possible. And I was so I was definitely extremely surprised when that happened. What are your sort of viewing habits now? Do you do you watch um, any WWE programming at all now, or or is it uh, just? Uh, I mean, I, I do you follow AEW? I know you talked about New Japan Strong. What what do you watch from a week to week basis? Um, I don't. I gave, back in probably October or November, I gave up on watching WWE regularly. I probably would have stopped sooner, but I have been timing women's matches from WWE, AEW, and Impact since October of 2020. Um, it started out as like a one-week project, and then it was going to be a six-month project. Uh, this was uh, something I was doing for Daily DDT, and then I just kind of kept with it, and then I got to the point with WWE where I was only, I was DVRing it, and I would only watch the wrestlers I liked and the women's matches, and then even that was getting really difficult to just stomach every week so finally <laughs> when i made it to the one year mark i was like no i'm done with wwe and then i watched nxt up until the week after uh johnny gargano and kyle o'reilly left and then um i did check out the royal rumble 
and I did I did watch the Raw where they announced Scott Hall's death, and I had saw that um, Finn Balor I think was like the first match out, and he did like a little tribute. So I was like, oh well, maybe they'll you know keep doing tributes to him throughout the night, and then it ended up just coming kind of becoming background noise. I wasn't invested in it at all, and then I did watch Mania. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch last night. Um, I did see the Cody. I saw clips of the Cody promo. Um, and I've seen like a couple of things here and there. I saw Sasha. I mean, I'm not Sasha Bianca's promo, but I probably won't. There's not, I I do like Cody, but he's not enough to make me start watching WWE regularly again. Um, I do watch AEW. Um, I do, I watch dark and elevation too. Part of it is because I time women's match of matches and part of it is because I do enjoy watching, um, indie, some of the indie people on there I'm familiar with. So that's, you know, that's always fun to see. Um, I watch, um, trying to think of what else, uh, new Japan. I definitely try to keep up with, I was hoping to keep up with the new Japan cup this year and I, I didn't end up doing that, but I did watch the semifinals and I watched the finals of the NJP cup or the NJ cup. So I will probably, I'll definitely make sure I keep up with like once the G one starts again. Um, but I'm going to try to keep up with stuff kind of in between there. And then I have a local in uh, a local promotion, uh, here in Charlotte, um, that I've been going to for 10 years. And so I definitely keep up with that. And they've had, we like when we, it started, um, back in like when I started going, they were in like little rec centers and I was paying like $5 and it was Cedric Alexander started, got his start there and Hank, um, Adam page got his, he started out there too. And so I saw him from early on in his career and I've seen Cedric from early in his career. And we Rhett Titus was champion for a little while and Adam Cole has wrestled there for, uh, he wrestled there for a few months and, um, come, he would come back occasionally. And then it got to the point where they were bringing in people like they brought, I want to say 26, 17 maybe 2016 uh like they brought in the young bucks and that was obviously a huge deal and that's where um that was like the largest crowd they they ever had and uh they brought in Samoa Joe they brought in Kevin Owens um or he was Kevin Steen then Uh, the Hardy Boys have both wrestled there and so I've got to see like a ton of national talent then I've got to see some local indie talent that have um you know that are that have come through and have gone on to to bigger things or they're doing a lot of cool stuff on the indies now do they? Uh, so, what company was that? Or what promotion was that? Sorry, it's a PWX. is the Premier Wrestling Experience. It's here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And do they have sort of any distribution on on like the, the fight app or anything like that? Or? They started showing. They started having some shows on IWTV back in. I want to say October. They used before that. They were on High Spots. Uh, oh, okay. They tried doing their own thing for a while and that didn't really take off. So then they started the partnership with IWTV. And so the the October show where they had Minoru Suzuki, um, he came in and he wrestled Anthony Henry. That show was on there. And I think the November and December shows are on there. But they, they just had uh, two Saturdays ago was their first show of 2022 because they were having some they're rebranding and they've been having some venue issues so I don't know that that episode will be on there hopefully it will because it was a really big it was their really big annual tournament and they brought in um, they brought in Effie and Jordan Oliver 
Um, they brought in Lince Dorado because Lince, before he was in WWE, Lince used to wrestle pretty often uh, in PWX and Serpentico wrestled here a lot. And so um, hopefully they'll put that January episode up. But so some of the episodes are on IWTV and then they have a quite a library um, on High Spots Wrestling Network. The next set of questions I originally called rapid fire questions and I, <laughs> I, I, I quickly dropped the rapid fire bits. I realised they're not really rapid fire at all, but uh, favourite wrestler of all time? I heard you ask Mel this and I was trying to figure out what that <laughs> answer would be. It, As much as I love Kevin Nash of all time, it would probably be either the Hardys or CM Punk. Right. I think that's a first. I don't think anyone said CM, which is a bit of a surprise. You would have thought that someone would have said CM Punk by now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I didn't, it's funny because I didn't even see, I didn't really have much access to ROH when he was there. So I mostly saw him in WWE. So I know that was, you know, kind of a different version of what a lot of fans know him as. So I'm hoping that with Tony purchasing um, Ring of Honor that he has somewhere to put that library because I'd love to go back and see like some of the old stuff that CM Punk was doing uh, prior to coming to WWE that made him such a fan favorite for a lot of people uh, before he came to WWE. So you were sort of in the, the Paul Fontaine camp of not really knowing what that entrance <laughs> was at uh, at the last pay-per-view. Um, I knew that it was an old, I, I assumed quickly that it was probably ROH. And my sister said the same thing. She was like, that's got to be his ROH theme. Because we had heard that a lot of the storyline he was doing with MJF was similar to the storyline he did in ROH with Raven. Raven and so we yeah. figured, and then... You know, so, but yeah, I wasn't, I had a feeling that that's what it was and I did not ask it on Twitter, which was probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, I think Paul, to be fair to Paul, he he thought that he just used um, cult personality for his, for his entire Ring of Honor run. Now, I think he did use it for a lot of his Ring of Honor run, so. Right. Um, but anyway, um, favourite match of all time, what would you uh, choose for that? I would say one of my favourite matches, I yeah, that's hard. Um, probably one of I would say maybe the latter match from WrestleMania with the Hardys and Edge and Christian and uh, the Dudleys. That was like the really because that was I think that was ninety nine maybe. Yeah, because um, that was that was before that, that was before TLC, wasn't it? That was like just, yeah, uh, I think that was like the precursor to TLC. Precursor, I that's right. Say. Yeah, I think yeah. That was, I think that was ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. So that was probably one of my favorite matches, and then I guess. One of my more current favorite matches would be Okada versus Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's that's you won't be surprised to hear that that's come up uh, quite yeah. quite a lot. And and, and to yeah. be fair, I think I made this comparison before, but Okada Omega is very much like the modern day Flair Steamboat. And yeah. I, I I know being from Charlotte, you're probably well aware of of Ric Flair's <laughs> yes. career and and uh, yes. his rivalry with Ricky Steamboat. But, right. Um, favorite show that you've attended live or the best show you've attended live what what, oh, what would that, that be easily uh all in oh yeah yeah that was easily the best show i've ever been to it's uh, it was completely and just because especially i think all the buzz leading up to it because it was like can they do this and you know uh, roh and new japan were doing some really cool stuff at that time and it was just really exciting and completely different than anything else that was happening um in wrestling especially here i think and so i think it's you know just and of course they brought in a lot of people that i was familiar with and you know i got to see okada 
live for the first time and I got to see like um, Bandito was on that card and there was a ton of, you know, really good matches. And then obviously, you know, it turned into something different after that. And, you know, AEW's been fantastic. But yeah, all, all in is definitely one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I say this a lot, the, I've never experienced anything like the feeling when Cody Rhodes came out at that show that the whole arena just vibrated and it was just like the energy. I've never felt anything like it before. And it was so loud, but people were so happy and so excited. And like, no matter what, <laughs> what Cody Rhodes does, you know, after that, it, I think nothing will ever com compare to that. It was a completely, it was just to be able to have it kind of like a collective experience as well. Like not only, you know, to fill it for myself, but I was there with my sister. I had um, some of my really good friends were there and just, um, even obviously people I didn't know were all just, everybody was on their feet. There was, it was just a completely different. I've never felt anything like that at a wrestling show before. Have you ever been to any of the WrestleManias? No, WrestleMania is actually one thing that I have not done. And that, you know, that's something I had always hoped that they would come to Charlotte, obviously with the history that's here. Um, we have a football stadium, so <laughs> hopefully they'll make it over to Charlotte. But it seems like I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. So that's but WrestleMania still, um, even if I don't watch WWE as a wrestling fan, I think that's just a bucket list thing yeah. that you have to check off. Any other big any big WWE shows? I mean, you said you went to like you've been to Raw and SmackDowns, but any other shows? At yeah, all? Um, Vengeance was here. I looked it up because I couldn't remember <laughs> the year that it was. Um, I have it in my notes. It was Vengeance was in two thousand and six uh, mm -hmm. that they were here, yeah. and there was of course Ric Flair was on that card because <laughs> he had to be. <laughs> but he faced uh, Mick Foley in a two out of three falls match. Um, RVD versus Edge for the, I think it was the WWE Championship. Uh, DX was on that card. Um, so I, I feel like my sister and I were trying to, we were actually talking about that. I couldn't remember if there was another pay-per-view for WWE that we had been to. Um, but I know for sure we went to Vengeance and I had the ticket stub somewhere. But we went to like a ton of Raw and SmackDown. So we think we were talking about something and I was like, no, I think that match happened on Raw, not on, <laughs> not on a pay-per-view. <laughs> And the last question I ask everyone on the show is um, if you could change one thing about the business, what would it be? So is there, is there one thing that you would like to change if you could? Oh, that's a, <laughs> there's probably a lot of things, but I think <laughs> uh, the biggest thing is um, just I wish women's wrestling got more attention and especially from the bigger companies and I wish they got more respect. I wish they got more time on TV to tell stories and to grow their character development. And even if they're not on TV, that there was, you know, character development and storylines and things like that. I think impact is really good about, um, even if they only have, sometimes they only have one match per week and sometimes they have multiple and usually their pay-per-views, they tend to have three women's matches, uh, per show. And when they're, even if they're not, in matches though women seem to be able to build their characters more and have storylines so i'd like to see that um and i'd like to see wwe focus like i'm really happy with the way they're you know they're giving bianca some more um they're giving her because she i think she's a star she's definitely oh, somebody yeah, who could be on the four horse women's level if not surpass that if they would let her um and that's not to take away anything from the four horse women because they are incredible women and they have worked very hard to get where they are. But I think that they need to build up other women to be on that level uh, with them. And I think Bianca is somebody that could do that. And I'm glad to see that 
Naomi has, you know, the tag team title. They could have, they should have pushed Naomi a couple years ago when she went viral from Royal Rumble and people from outside of wrestling were asking who she was. And so I'm um, hoping that, you know, they give her a decent, you know, tag team run. So I would like to, just to see more women's wrestling getting more attention and getting the same TV time and respect that men's wrestling gets. Yeah, I think you, you're definitely right that the four horse women. Well, to be fair, I think mainly Charlotte and Becky. I think Sasha and uh, Bailey yeah. they, could, they could be doing more with, but I think Charlotte Definitely. and and Becky are, are really well protected. And yeah. um, there's kind of, they're kind of like the, the 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 female Brock and Roman, if you like. I, yeah. I don't think it's just a, a gender thing. I think they they focus on those two, and everybody else just kind of gets right. forgotten about to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. And so I think that, and it's really hurt their their division. Um, because there could be other women who I think could be, you know, pushed more or pushed, used more often and just utilized to, to build, you know, other stories and things like that. Because, you know, Alexa Bliss had this story going for a really long time. And then it just kind of, from what I understand, because I quit watching before them, but from what I understand, that's kind of fallen apart and yeah. they're not really doing anything with her. And um, there's just, I think there's a lot of women that they could be, you oh, know, yeah, doing. Absolutely. I, I think I, I, I sound like a broken record on this show. <laughs> but I keep bringing up the same points. But yeah, I mean, I, I fought two years ago when Shayna faced Becky and mm-hmm. uh, Rhea Ripley faced Charlotte. That right. one of them had to, I, I think both of them should have gone over, but at least yes. one of them should have gone over. And then mm-hmm. Becky and Charlotte both won. And I thought, well, right. that really makes no sense. And even right. Asuka, who they they have they have pushed to a certain degree, they could have right. done a hell of a lot more with her because she was undefeated, never lost the NXT title. Right. They could have been exactly. really got behind her and they haven't done that. So Right. And they and it was kind of the times that she has gotten the title, it's kind of fallen to her by default. And yeah. I think that's kind of and then it's almost like they weren't obviously like with Becky, they weren't expecting that she was gonna be missing time because she was gonna because she was she got pregnant. So it's almost like they weren't quite they're like, oh we'll just give the title to Asuka and then that was it. Like they didn't really do anything. I think she only defended her title like five times and then they put her with Charlotte and then they didn't and when they had the tag the small tag title run and it just they didn't really it seems like even though they were giving Oscar the title they just didn't really know what to do with her especially like you said after you know she was so dominant in NXT and then it's like she was a completely different wrestler when they got her to the main roster and then from what I understand there you know I, I know she was out with for a little bit with an injury but then it just sounds I kept hearing like just creative had nothing for her and I was just how do you not have something for Oscar <laughs> <laughs> no that makes that makes no sense at all yeah I, I think that um AEW have done yeah probably a better job with, with mm-hmm. the women um, I mean that was the one thing that people said initially when the company first started that they didn't have a particularly strong women's division but I think that's not necessarily the case now I, I think that they do have a very good division and um, clearly I mean as you say I mean you you time the the, the matches so clearly that you know women's wrestling is something that you uh, is very important to you and, and you would mm-hmm. like to see them put more emphasis on. Um, yes, so do you think AEW, how do you feel about how AEW has been doing it lately? Um, it's, it, it seems like it's like kind of hit or miss. Like they get 
like one or two things right and then it's kind of like they backtrack a little bit and so I know some of it's just they are a new I tried to you know they are a new company but we're also into year three now so you know that's something that they've got to get a hold on I would like to see two women's matches every week on Dynamite um I think that's one thing that's really important um I think they've done like they've done a phenomenal job with Jade Cargill they yeah saw her immediately and knew she was a star and they knew that, you know, she might not have had as much time in the ring as other people, but they knew what they could get with her. And it seems like she just keeps getting, she keeps improving. And I think putting her, uh, having Brian Danielson helping to train her is, was a brilliant move. And it seems like she's, you know, she's, <clears throat> she's getting better. Uh, she has a really great character. She has a strong presence. Um, she's, and being the first uh, TBS champion, she kind of gets to define that title and she gets to be the first one to put her mark on it. And I think that that's a really cool thing that they did because, you know, originally I thought maybe that Ruby Riot should win that title just because they had, I've known, you know, AW had always had wrestlers who had been around, like, you know, they started with Jericho instead of putting it on Hangman Page. And then they, so they've always had really established talents with the title first. And so I kind of thought, well, then Ruby riot makes the most sense. Cause you know, she's been around for a really long right. time. She's yeah. a very good wrestler. Um, she could be something that anchors that division, but then, you know, Jade makes a lot of sense because she is a brand new wrestler. It's a brand new title. And so they can kind of do something different with it than they did with, you know, their other titles. And so I think, um, I really am happy that Thunder Rosa finally has <laughs> the AW, uh, women's championship. She's probably my favorite wrestler right now um i think she's phenomenal um i was not thrilled at all with uh, how they handled her first tv appearance um after she won the title but it seems like they're trying to build to something better with her and i hope she you know she's mentioned that she wants to be a traveling champion like she wants to go fight another company and wrestle in other companies and defend her title and i don't know that they'll let that happen but i mean with I guess the forbidden door, they could well, I mean, definitely that, do that. <laughs> and that's how she came into AEW right. in the first place. Cause obviously she right. was the NWA women's champion. Exactly. That, that, that was when she made her first appearance. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I think they could definitely do that. I think another one who they should be doing more with, and I would like to see more of, and I, I, I love the, like the, the, the thing she's been doing lately is um, Serena Deep. Yes. I think she, she's tremendous. Yeah. I, I mean, she always has wonderful. been that. Yeah, she really has been, and she's definitely somebody that can anchor that division. Um, I like the stuff they're doing with Sheeta, and, you know, I wasn't thrilled, obviously, about <laughs> as far as, like, a time limit goes, but I knew what they were doing with her, what they were establishing the five-minute challenge with her um, was kind of just to let her just <laughs> run through people, um, which she did a very good job of, and I thought it was, and it was smart because she, we kind of saw how she was kind of, I guess, turning hill when, you know, with the stuff with Sheeta, where she just was attacking her to the point that she was injured, and Sheeta left, and it, you know, it was a good way to kind of keep that character going um, by just having her dismantle <laughs> other women, and so I think she's fantastic, and I would like to see, and like, I, you know, they've done a good job with, with Ty Conti, and, you know, Anna Jay is coming along, and, you know, there's the street fight that they had was was incredible and I th was really thrilled to see that I would like to see another thing I hope that happens with under Rosa is that she gets to headline a pay-per-view because a woman has not done that yet. Sheeta was saying that that was the one thing that she wished she had done 
uh, during her title run. Um, Britt had kind of alluded to that was something that she wanted to do. So I'm hoping that we get to the point now where with Thunder Rosa that she gets to headline a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I, I would really like to see that. I, th- I think that's um, something they definitely should do at some point in the, in the very near future. I don't know what the direction is. I, I would imagine it's probably Punk and, and Hangman at mm-hmm. uh, a double or nothing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know for a fact, but it so certainly it looks that way. seems to be what way. they're hinting at. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Adam Cole's going to beat going to beat Hangman so more than likely it's going to be Punk and, and Hangman which will be a great match which I'm yes. really looking yeah, forward to yeah and so I'm really looking I'm, I'm I was talking about when uh, when CM Punk was like motioning that he wanted the title I tweeted that I wasn't ready because <laughs> I, I want the match like I want I love because I've been a fan of Paige since you know, I saw him in his early, early in his career, so I've definitely been a fan for, of his for a really long time. I love I th- his story arc in AEW has been one of my favorite things that they've done. Um, I'm a longtime CM Punk fan. I'd love to see him with the title, but I was like, I'm just not ready for that yet because <laughs> I know what's going to happen. But <laughs> I was like, it'll be a great match. And once they get to it, you know, once they get to their feud, it's going to be like, I think it'll be worth it. and It'll be good. And so, yeah, it might be a little bit before. If that's the route they go, then, you know, it might be a little bit, if they're going to, before Thunder Rosa gets to headline, um, hopefully it's Thunder Rosa, but even if it's not, I think hopefully a woman will headline, I would, I would like to see this year, hopefully. Well, you know who should beat CM, if CM Punk does beat Hangman Page for the Uh time, you know who should beat him, right? MJF. I think I think that's the logical thing to do because they've got one win each, they've they've got to have a third match at some point, and him beating punk even doing it in chicago as well right would be right. would be yeah. would be fat would be absolute because mjf is is probably the best hill in the business yeah. and him beating cm punk in chicago for the title would be tremendous yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be yeah and i kind of think that that's i can see that that might be probably the route that they're going with and even and so they they've been really good about like they're it seems like when aw started they were very particular like they had it laid out like who their first four champions were going to be and then and as I keep bringing up you know three years ago nobody knew that CM Punk would be available or that Adam Cole would be available or Brian Danielson or you know yeah Yeah. exactly so like nobody knew this so I think that they kind of you know they had a plan especially to have and I think you know having hangman because he's someone that they you know obviously some people knew him from ring of honor and some people knew him from new japan but i think he kind of obviously came into his own in AEW. so it was cool to see you know that growth of somebody that we've seen like on bte and he was just kind of you know kind of this this kind of comedy character that they had and he was endearing and then they you know they built him to be this this main event guy and they built him up that you know fans could watch his story with him from the very beginning and to get to this point. So I think like, that's really smart how they've done it. And then, you know, CM Punk seems to be the next logical uh, person to be the champion. And then MJF, you know, being the one to beat him like that seems like the logical thing to do. And it's most likely where they're going. And I think even being, I guess, somewhat obvious or maybe somewhat predictable, I still think that they will handle it well because they've handled that CM Punk MJF feud is one of the best things that they've done. And so I think that they'll, you know, yeah. So I think even, so I I think that they'll handle that properly when it gets, when it gets to that point. And I'd kind of like to see um, MJF kind of, 
know we see him with Wardlow right now, and I'd kind of like to see him maybe do a couple other things. I kind of would like to see like CM Punk go into the Owen Hart Cup tournament and maybe like do that for a while and let Hangman kind of get a few more feuds under his belt um, before they get to the before they get to the uh, their storyline. But if they're wanting to do that for double or nothing, then I don't know, you know, how they may, that might not be where they're going with it. But, you know, I think whenever it happens, it will be done really well. And I think that they'll have really good matches. And I'm really, um, I really am looking forward to it whenever we get to that point. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of faith in, in Tony Khan and, and where it's all going. I think he, he, he hasn't veered too far off course you know obviously you've got CM right. Punk and, and Brian Danielson Adam Cole all these guys coming in but I think you know the, the core guys are going to be in the future mm-hmm. MJF Darby Allen you know Sammy Jungle Boy mm-hmm. those are the guys that he's going to focus on it, it makes all the sense right, right now to focus on Punk and Danielson and those guys sure but in the future those are, are going to be the guys that are going to take this company yeah. you know forward so Definitely. And I think they even are setting up for the next four. So like once, you know, we get Sammy and Darby and, you know, kind of push them in the next, you know, year to two years, then they've got guys like Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty, um, Daniel Garcia. um, And I think, you know, having people like that. So it's like they've already, you know, Dante Martin uh, in top flight and they've got, so it seems like they've got like their next set, like after that, that they can kind of, that they're, getting ready and that they're putting in prime spots so that, you know, when this company, um, you know, in, you know, the next five to six years, they've got, um, you know, some of these, some of the older guys like, like Punk and Danielson, you know, maybe, and they've only, maybe they've only got five to six years left or I know Danielson wants that he wants to be like Suzuki and wrestle <laughs> until his fifties. And I definitely think Danielson can keep, he will probably wow. wrestle until he's 70 if he can do it. I mean, just look at Sting. <laughs> just look at Sting. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, Sting I... has been incredible, yeah. And see, Sting is somebody that I've always loved, too. I loved him in WCW, and uh, so it's great seeing what he's able to do and, like, taking the bumps that he is at 62 years old. And, he's still, and I like how they're using him. They're not overdoing it but they're giving us they're still giving fans you know what they want with Sting but they're not overdoing it I think they're protecting him and you know trying to make sure he's healthy and things like that which I think is a really and it's really nice to see and they don't play the nostalgia thing like you know WWE typically brings in um when they bring in um former wrestlers they it's usually for ratings and things like that but it seems like with with AEW they try to build like actual stories with them and try to make fans care about them like why so you're not saying, why should I care about a 62-year-old man and face paint <laughs> um, when I'm always excited to see Sting on my TV? One last question I want to ask, because um, we mentioned uh, CM Punk you know, quite a few times. And uh, mm-hmm. when, when it came to favourite match, um, you, you said you, know, you, you mentioned the Hardys match as well, which is another of your big favourites. But what's your favourite sort of CM Punk match, if you had to choose one? Oh, wow. Um, probably uh, the match from 2011 where he finally won the the title. And oh, then... Money in the Bank. Yep. Yes, thank you, Money in the Bank. I couldn't think of the name of the pay-per-view. Um, but yes, the, where, 
yeah, against Cena, where he finally won the title and he left with it. And <laughs> it was just the culmination, the buildup for that was fantastic. And then it was the will he is it is what's real and what's not and where are they going with this? And, yeah, the and, they, and of course, because, you know, I didn't watch Ring of Honor, so I didn't know. I think I had heard like some of the stuff, but I didn't see it for myself. And I know they kind of obviously it's different when you have John Cena in there. But, you know, um, I just I thought it was really, really well done. It was, and obviously the pipe bomb and everything was was great. But yeah, I mean they they could have done a hell of a lot more with it. I mean, oh, when he did yeah. that promo and said, "Maybe I'll go to Ring of Honor," and it's like, well, he could have done. I mean, they they could have let him yeah. just do what a couple of shows or something like that. And then, yeah. but but unfortunately, what happened was he he left. And then, like two weeks later, he's back again. And yeah, it, I see. I didn't. Yeah, I really hated that part. So I think, like, maybe like the build up to it, and then the actual match itself, and then like when he left with it, like that. All that stuff was handled really well. But then, yeah, the follow up was was terrible. They sh- they could have. Yeah, um, I yeah, I really would have liked to see them do more. I really wish he would have been gone longer than two weeks. I think that they could have done a lot more with it um, if they if they really wanted to. And I think in hindsight, they could probably look back at that and say that you know that we we dropped the ball there. And I know I know how much you love Kevin Nash, but I mean, yeah, he he had no <laughs> business getting involved in that and, and you know costing part of the title. And then we were meant to get that match; it never happened because I think you know he, Nash didn't get cleared or something. And so he right. faced Triple H, and then he lost to Triple mm-hmm. H, which made no sense whatsoever. No, no, it didn't. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the Summer of Punk. I mean, it was great, but they they could have done a hell of a lot more with it. Yes, but, I uh, agree with that definitely. But yeah, at least um, it's, it's just great to see him back now. I mean, it, yeah. I, I think everyone just uh, yeah was just so happy to see him uh, when he yeah, came back and, last year. Yeah, and I think what another thing is just to see how happy he is to be back. Oh, yeah. Like you can tell how excited he is to be in the ring every weekend. You know, even when he was asking, like, "Are you tired of me yet? Are you boo?" Like he seems genuinely surprised that people like stand up and cheer and sing his theme song every single week that he just seems genuinely surprised that people still are happy to see him and that they haven't gotten tired of him yet. I'm sure some people have, but, um, I am still a very, and so that's, I try to take that in as much as I can because I was like, you know, he was gone for seven years and I, I never really was sure if, you know, he would, if he would ever come back and then, you know, there were the rumors that, you know, they, Tony Khan had talked to him early on and he just didn't really want any part of it. And when he actually, when I was at all in and they did Starcast, which is where they were doing like all of the um, meet and greets and stuff. I did do the meet and greet with CM Punk because I was like, this might be it. (laughs) This might be my only chance to see him. And so I, it was a very quick experience, but it was, it was great. And I really, I was really happy to see him. And so I'm glad to see him back. So I'm hoping, um, cause when I saw the last AEW show that I was at was Battle of the Belts was here in Charlotte. And so CM Punk was not at that show, <laughs> which I figured he wouldn't be, but I was like, I don't know what'll happen if that music hits. I was like, I might pass out. <laughs> Like so, I'm hoping I'm hoping they come back to Charlotte soon because I really would like to see him to see him live. And he was actually in uh, the show was in Columbia, South Carolina last week, and it was like a a four hour drive. And I, I wish I could have made it work out, but I couldn't. So I'm hoping they they get it back up here soon so that I can see him again because I haven't seen him live in uh, probably. 
I know for sure, like, I saw him in 2009, I want to say, maybe 2010, but I, it's been a very long time since I've seen him wrestle live, so I really hope to to get that experience again. Is there anybody in AEW that you particularly want to see him face that he hasn't faced yet? <sighs> that is a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, I think, I think he could put on a good match. Like, I think him and Sammy would be fun, just because... Because I don't think he's faced Sammy Guevara yet, and so I no, think that would no. be that just because of Sammy's style, uh, is just the way he he wrestles, and he's and not necessarily even the kind of the crazy things that he does where he's jumping off <laughs> off of things. I just think their style would match really well. So I would like I think probably Sammy is somebody I'd really like to see him get in the ring with, and then even like I would like to see him wrestle with. I think facing somebody like Wheeler Yuta would be a really cool thing to do since he does more of the technical mat based type of things that I think CM Punk could, um, I think that that would be a cool, a cool generational thing to, to see. I mean, Punk versus Omega wouldn't be too bad either, would it? Oh honest? no. <laughs> yeah. We gotta have that dream match too. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I don't know why I didn't, that should have been the top of my head because I love Kenny Omega and I'm, <laughs> so yeah, Omega versus CM Punk is definitely a match that I would love to see. I'd like to get, that would be a cool, like it, kind of a trios thing to, like they did with uh, Okada. Like that would be, a, I would love to see them do something like that where they could do yeah. like a story um, um, where they have a, have the three matches. They've got to go back to Omega and Danielson as well at some point. I mean, oh, they, they've got to, I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. probably my favorite match in AW so far was the match that they was- had. Yeah, that that was an incredible incredible match. It's definitely one of the best things that AEW has. And it's funny how you know AEW's only been around for three years, but they've had so many great <laughs> matches. And like, as I was talking, at like when Cody left, like when I was talking, one of my favorite matches that Cody did. Well, I loved I loved the dog collar match that he did with Brody Lee. That's one of yeah. my favorite yeah. AEW matches. But I think his his first match with Dustin Rhodes is probably one yeah, of my favorite. So many people bring that up. And and I, I always say that they should have done that at WrestleMania. That was such yeah. a missed opportunity. I think they did like Goldust versus Stardust and like a, right. a fast lane or something like the month something before. Something like that, yeah. And I thought, oh, they'll, they'll do Goldust, Stardust. And then at WrestleMania, we're going to get Dustin and Cody. And right. no, we, we didn't get it. but No, we no. should have because, and it's, and I, yeah, that was, and so I'm glad that we, and we got it twice. In, in AEW because we got a second one so um but yeah that first one was just there was so much emotion and you could just tell you could just see it on their faces just what they were must have been going through their minds you know during that match and that's definitely and I think that's like when I, that's one match when I say like when people look back at AEW in five years or ten years like that I think that match will be on a lot of people that's a lot of, a match that a lot of people will look back on and see that that was it was it's almost a classic i would say is definitely for AEW. So. it's definitely yeah like it's a it's a cornerstone match of theirs um i think that when you go back in five years and say okay you know what what are the best matches of the first five years of the company that definitely has to be probably top 10 but then again you have danielson here now <laughs> and so yeah, danielson's already had like four matches of the year oh yeah absolutely so. both, both, both the hangman matches definitely the match with yeah. kenny and and uh, yeah there's been some great ones i, I love the match you have with uh uh, with the Utah, I thought that was yeah. such a great match. And um, yeah. but I loved. I, I tell you, a match I I watched. Um, was it last week or the week before? Punk and and Dax uh, from yeah. FTR. I I love that match. 
Yeah, that was a really great match. And you could just see, and I think that was great because, you know, it was basically just two guys, like, we've never had them wrestle each other before. Just playing tribute to Bret Hart, basically. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're Bret Hart fans. Let's just let the fans have it just because and so that's another thing i really like about ew they so i mean they do try to stick with storylines and things like that and wins and losses but then sometimes we get matches just because tony can give us those matches which i think is really nice to see that we you know we're in a day and age where we can just have matches just for the hell of it samantha we, we could keep talking we really could yeah. i'm sure uh but um <laughs> Let's just quickly, before we go, uh, plug okay. your, your show again, because you and Mel, every Sunday, um, yes. Sunday night, typically it will drop right. uh, on uh, the Fight Game YouTube channel, uh, Power Bombshells, it's called, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. Anything else you'd like to quickly plug before we, any any upcoming uh, bits, uh, any upcoming uh, things you've written for Daily DDT or the Fight Game website that you'd like um, to talk about? With Daily DDT, I just actually had an interview come out <clears throat> last Friday with Effie, who is an independent wrestler here, um, who is making a ton of waves. He has been for the last few years. Uh, he had a big show on Saturday called Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Um, he definitely is working towards growing independent wrestling, but also making it more inclusive uh, for everyone. Uh, he himself is a gay wrestler, um, so a lot of the talent that he features are um, in the LGBTQIA uh, community, and so he tries to give them a platform. Um, and they, he had he brought in a Pimpinella Escarlata, which is an exotico from Mexico who's been wrestling for 34 years. So what's and it, I had, what was that name again? <laughs> Pimpinella Escarlata. Uh, it's a Mexican exotico, which I actually saw on Vice. Uh, they were doing some different things about wrestlers all over the world. And uh, th they did a section on exoticos and Pimpinella was on there. And that was the first experience I had seen. And so it was really cool to see that he actually wrestled. And then Effie, before his big gay brunch, he wrestled Minoru Suzuki um, like 12 hours earlier. <laughs> and so um so that was really cool and so yeah so he's um somebody i've watched i actually saw him at pwx uh my local promotion several years ago and he had come back pretty often but he's uh, he's in gcw a lot that's where he's really made his name um for himself and he is actually it seems like he's challenging john moxley for the gcw uh, title so i'm really hoping that match will come better so i had a really the interview was long <laughs> it's a long article but we had a lot to talk about and he was just uh explaining just you know how he thinks independent wrestling how it should grow and to bring in more fans and that he wants to change the perception of what you know a lot of times wrestling is seen as you know hokey or corny or you know people have preconceived notions of it and he kind of wants to change that and so we had a really good discussion so that was uh an interview, like I said, I just that came out last Friday um, that I'm really proud of. And then I also, um, for Daily DDT, in the month of March, I spotlighted a woman wrestler uh, every week. I did one on Luna Vachon. I did one oh, on okay. Gail Kim. I wrote one about uh, Ut uh, Utami. And then I wrote one on Trisha Dora, uh, who was another independent wrestler um, here in America. Well, she actually just wrestled in England. She wrestled for Progress uh, okay. like a week or two ago she had she wrestled for progress uh, i think for three shows that there she did i know she did their all women show um and then i believe she did chapter 130 i want to say and i think one other show that she did with progress 
Great. Right, Samantha, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on. And uh, I do the show every week, but uh, just lately I've been on the Wix. I can't get a guest uh, for this particular podcast. I've been uh, bringing on previous guests to talk about the news and any sort of events going on in the world of wrestling. I'd love to have you back on to do that at some point as well. I would love to. Yeah, as you can tell, I'd like to talk about wrestling, so I would love to no, do that. No, really? I would, never, I, would <laughs> yeah. never, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> But no, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And uh, for Samantha, I'm David signing off. And thank you for listening to another episode of How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast.